video you just watched was a clip from the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, Spain. The runner's name was Derek Redman from Great Britain. He was the favorite to win the race. He was the contender for the gold. And as he started to run, he felt his hamstring pop. And he just felt all his dreams crashing around him. But his dad was watching in the stands. His dad came running out, pushed his way past the security to meet his son on the track. But to hold his son up, say, son, if you're going to run this race, we're going to run it together to the finish line. Is that what our Heavenly Father does for us? God God does just that same thing in the race that we're running. Sometimes we're going to get injured. But God is always there, ready to come out of the stands, put his arm around us, and help us get to the finish line. Tonight, we're going to be studying Jacob. And we're going to see that very thing. How God takes Jacob right to the finish line in his life of faith. Jacob's story was one that was not always lived by faith. But he did stay strong to the end. And he died in faith. Because when we live by faith, God our Father is faithful to walk with us until we get to the finish line. Our verse for tonight is Hebrews eleven twenty one. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, and he worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Leaning on the top of his staff. What is a staff? A staff is used quite a bit in Scripture. Probably the most familiar mention of a staff is in the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, a shepherd needed two items to protect and guide the sheep. The rod was more of a club-like instrument used to ward off predators. The staff was a long wooden pole with a hook on the end. And the staff was used by the shepherd to gently guide the sheep back on the right path. If the sheep began to wander off or got stuck in a thicket, the hook of the staff was what was used to gently rescue them and bring them back to the shepherd. The purpose of the staff was to draw the sheep close to the shepherd. Biblically speaking, Spiritually speaking, the staff represents God's sovereignty. It represents the power and the strength of God's truth in our lives. Moses had a staff. When Moses stood before the burning bush and was making excuses to God on how he couldn't possibly be used by God, our Heavenly Father showed his strength and power through Moses' staff. 
in Exodus 4, starting in verse 1. But Moses protested again, What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down to the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, Reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Moses' staff. It was a staff that had the power to turn the waters into blood. It brought up frogs from the streams. It brought up lice from the dust of the earth. It brought down hail from the heavens. And the staff parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could pass on dry ground. See, the staff was a reminder for Moses that the power of God was with him on his journey. And so Moses leaned on his staff. David had a staff. 1 Samuel 17:40. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, put them into his shepherd's bag, then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. For David, his staff was a reminder of where his strength came from. It was a reminder of his dependence on the Lord, and it was a symbol of the very presence of God in his life. And so David leaned on his staff. Oftentimes these staffs would be carved with momentous events from the owner's life. In many ways, it was almost like a personal diary of all the things they had been through. And it would be this way for Jacob's staff as well. Uh, Jacob's life was not always one of great faith. In our message last week, we caught a glimpse of him deceiving his father. Isaac was on the deathbed, and Jacob comes in pretending to be his brother. Before that, Jacob tricked his brother Esau into giving him his birthright over stew. In Jacob's early days, we see him as a deceiver and a manipulator. And then we see him run off to be with his uncle rather than face his brother Esau after he receives his father's blessing. He's a manipulator, he's a deceiver, and he's a coward. And here he is listed among great people of faith. And as the writer of Hebrews says, worshiping and leaning on his staff. For Jacob, his staff represented the presence of God in his life. It represented the power of God to change his heart. His staff represented the faithfulness of God to walk with him, to hold him up all the way to the finish line. See, the writer of Hebrews doesn't focus on Jacob's life of faith, only his dying by faith. The only snapshot we get of Jacob is on his deathbed. 
But on his deathbed, he has the opportunity to look back and see God's faithfulness. Some of those events might have been when God spoke to him through a dream in Genesis 28, starting in verse 12. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. He wasn't even aware of it. How often does God speak to us? How often does God work in our lives? And we aren't even aware of it. Another time that might have been on his staff that he was remembering was the time he wrestled with God in Genesis 32, starting in verse 24. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Here we see Jacob's staff become a literal physical support and strength to help him journey through life. Through his struggle, through his wrestling with God, he gained confidence in the character of God. His faith grew as he realized his weakness up against God's strength. It was a pivotal moment in his walk with God, and it was a pivotal moment in living his life by faith. Most people, when they are close to death, they begin to start looking back over their lives. For some, there might be regrets. For others, there's joy, maybe a little sorrow. But often for the believer, it's a looking back to see where God has walked with them. Last year, one of our sisters... Geneva Green passed away. I was blessed with the opportunity 
to be with her for three solid months up to that moment. And she did just that. The sitting, it was such a blessing because every time I would go and sit with her, she would recall a time when, when God reached out and saved her from something. Or she saw God just work in someone else's lives, but she was a part of it. And over and over and over, she kept just retelling these moments where God walked with her and that he was still walking with her as she was approaching the finish line. She had me write notes and messages. She, she said it, I wrote it down, that she wanted to give to some close friends after she passed. And in almost every one of those, now this was written on her deathbed, she said, don't forget how good God is. Don't forget how awesome our God is. She said, carry that with you for the rest of your life. That's the beauty for believers as we approach death, is that looking back and saying, wow, God really has been there for me. He's there. He's walking with me. God always prepares his children to go home. And this is exactly what's happening with Jacob. He's looking back over his life and he's seeing God's faithfulness just weaved throughout his own story. What we see in Jacob's life, we see the fulfillment of God's word that was spoken to him in that dream. I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. So when Jacob comes to the end of his life, he can say with a fullness of faith and a confidence that God has been his shepherd all his life, even to this very day. The second part of our verse says that Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Let's go back to that promise that was given to Abraham. Genesis 12, 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Only by faith can we be a blessing to others. See, Jacob believed God. He believed in the God that hears and answers prayers. Because without our faith, we work in vain. Our faith in Christ as Lord and Savior is the very motivation for our service and blessing to others. Hebrews 11.6 says, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. By faith, we're able to point others to the things that aren't seen, the things eternal, the things of Christ. That's our whole purpose, to be salt and light in the world, to point others back to Christ when we live our lives with faith, through worship, through love, through serving. How can we point others to Christ if we decide to walk by sight? The rest of the world does that. 
How's that turning out? When we walk by faith, when we seek first the kingdom of God and his will, we enter into a union and a fellowship with God. And it's in that fellowship that we gain the confidence in his promises and in his power to sustain us and get us to the finish line. So what is your staff? We may not carry around a literal stick with our life events carved into it, but we do carry it around in our hearts. Our staff is represented by the cross at Calvary. The cross is a sign of God's power and victory over sin and death. The cross is the staff upon which we lean for our salvation. The cross is a symbol of the very presence of Christ in our lives. The cross is a symbol of our eternal life through Christ. The cross is the staff that comforts us when we find ourselves in the valley of death. And the cross is the staff upon which we should be leaning if we want to live by faith and if we want to die by faith. When Jacob leaned on his staff as he was dying, he was reminded of that time when he wrestled with the angel, when he came face to face with God, the time when he recognized his weakness but discovered God's strength and God's power and sovereignty. Church, we need to pick up our staffs. Remember that time when you wrestled with God, when you saw your weakness overcome by his power and his strength. Look back over your life. Look back to see that your heavenly father has been walking with you, holding you up, guiding you, continuing all the way to the finish line. You know, even before you knew him, he was walking with you. He knew you, and he was walking with you. As God promised Abraham, and as he promised Isaac and Jacob, it's the same promise for each of us. Genesis twenty-eight fifteen. What's more, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. That land that our Father wants to bring us to, that's heaven. That's what he's up to. He's waiting. Jesus went to prepare a place for me and you. Take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. That's God's promise. As he's taking you to the finish line, he's making you into the image of Jesus. Don't fight it. Father, here I am. I want you to hold me up. I want you to walk me to the finish line. No matter what it takes, no matter what sacrifice I have to do, no matter what I have to give up, Lord, I want to go with you. Please walk with me. Don't look back. 
keep going forward. Church, I don't know what struggles are going on in your lives. I don't know how you came to find Jesus, how you even started that relationship. But go back to that moment. Go back to that moment when you first discovered his love for you. Hold on to it. Let it light a fire in you before you leave here today. Say, Lord, I want to have that that fire again. Lord, I want to serve you again. I want to remember that you're there. And I want to remember what you did for me. And I want to give you all of me. I want you to take all that I have. We're going to close in, in a song, but it's a prayer time. If you want someone to pray with you, come to the left. If you want to pray alone, come to the right. But don't leave here the same way you walked in. Reflect on on what your staff is. What does it represent for you? Where are you wrestling with God? Maybe you're still wrestling. Let us pray for you. Holy Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence with us tonight. I pray that we leave here challenged by your word. I I pray that that we just leave this place convicted by your word, Father. That we look at, at your face, Father. That we see where you have been, what you are doing in our lives, Father. That we wrestle with that. Take ownership of that and say, Lord, here I am. Take it all. I want to give it all to you. Father, in Jesus' precious name.